Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on October 4th, 2015, on the basis of Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. Recently, we may have witnessed what could amount to a watershed moment in one of the issues that most sharply divides our nation, specifically the issue of abortion. Now, you're probably aware aware that recently the conversation on that topic has already been heating up with the steady stream of videos that have been released and all of the discussion about changes in funding and changes in legislation. But just last week, something very, very small happened that may prove to have a big impact. Suddenly, those who are on one side of that issue, specifically those who are in favor of it, started to shout. Did you hear about that? Did you hear about that that trending topic on Twitter about a week ago? Now those of us who value the sanctity of human life might right away be sort of disgusted or sort of discouraged by that latest social media sensation, but, but plenty of people would say, hold on, not so fast. Plenty of people would say that in any dispute, as soon as one side starts to shout, it's a pretty clear indication that they realize they are standing on very shaky ground. In fact, one political commentator that I read suggested that in any cultural dispute, the side that is perceived to be the aggressor almost inevitably ends up losing. And yet we see it all the time, don't we? Everywhere we look, people are shouting. The tragic events in Oregon this past week are another perfect example. In the wake of that tragedy, are people silently mourning with the victims, for the victims and their families? Are they lovingly expressing their sympathies and their condolences? No, they're busy sh- they're busy shouting. They're busy shouting about whose fault it is. They're busy shouting about whether the issue is about gun control or about religious persecution or about mental health. They're busy shouting about what someone else needs to be doing in order to make sure that it doesn't happen again. Everywhere you look in our world, people are shouting. And of course, that's not just with political or social issues. It's true when we're talking about our favorite football team. It's true when we're talking about who we think is going to win the next season of Dancing with the Stars. And it's also true when it comes to our faith. When we perceive that Christianity is under attack, when we perceive that the Christian church is shrinking or isn't growing the way that we would like to see it grow, when we've tried sharing our faith with someone but as of yet haven't seemed to be able to get through, it's easy to think that the solution in all of those situations is simply to get progressively louder. Today we learn the opposite from the Apostle Paul. We turn our attention to these words that were written to some Christians in a city called Colossae, and both in what Paul says and in how he says it, we learn this important lesson that when it comes to sharing the gospel, there's simply no need to shout. Now, one of the reasons why we might be tempted to think that there is at times is when it feels as though we are competing for attention 
with a lot of different voices and a lot of different ideas. And that was exactly what Paul was dealing with in Colossae. Back in ancient times, Colossae was not this huge, influential city, but it was very well connected. It was located in what we would call modern-day Turkey, and it was situated right along two major important paths of transportation, a major road and a major river that connected Colossae with the rest of the Mediterranean world. That meant that every idea, every belief, every behavior that was present in the world at that time found its way in and through this city of Colossae. You had your Roman gods. You had your Greek gods. You had every form of immorality under the sun. In fact, the Apostle Paul said that some of these very Christians who made up this church were one time living in sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. That's what characterized Colossae. Sounds like the perfect place to start a church, right? Sounds like the perfect place for a group of Christians to sort of spontaneously emerge onto the scene. And yet that's exactly what had happened. In Colossae, this Christian church had started. And it wasn't because, amid all of those ideas, one idea was louder than the rest. It's because amid all of those ideas that were swirling around that city, one idea was different from the rest. We call that idea the gospel. The good news of what our Savior Jesus has done for us. When the, when the Colossians heard that idea, they realized they were hearing something unlike anything they had ever heard before. It was that idea that caused them to leave behind their life of sin. That idea produced in them faith and love. In fact, here's what Paul says. The gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. Paul saw everything that the gospel was doing in the world and so he knew that he had absolutely no need to shout. Now, friends, if ancient Colossae was a place where there were a lot of ideas and a lot of views swirling around, it's certainly no less true of our world today. On just about every imaginable topic, you can find just about every imaginable viewpoint or opinion. You turn on the TV and you get one view. You read the Internet, you get another view. Oprah has her view. Dr. Phil has his view. The ladies on The View have their view. The Pope comes to Washington and he has his view. Then you actually talk to people, real-life people that are connected to you, and you get dozens of other views. Just who is this Jesus guy? Why in the world would I go to church? Why would I be a part of organized religion? Where do I stand with my Maker? And how can I be confident that I'll go to heaven someday? Again, it's easy to think that the only way for the church to be heard is to get louder and louder and louder. And of course, that would be true if the gospel were no different from any of those other ideas swirling around in our world. But of course, the gospel is different. The gospel is distinct. 
every other idea in the world tells you to find happiness and fulfillment in things like your job, your career, your house, your income, your physical appearance. Only the gospel points you to an unrivaled joy, an unrivaled contentment that you have in your Father's unconditional love and the certainty of your eternal home. Every other voice in the world tells you that the only way that you can be right with God and know that you're going to heaven is by obeying a list of rules and going through a long list of of religious-looking rituals in a place like a church. Only the gospel tells you that in spite of your sin, your salvation is 100% free of charge and 100% guaranteed simply because Jesus lived and died and rose for you. I'm going to suggest to you something that might sound rather bold, but I'm convinced that it's true. If you know people who don't go to church and who also know that you do go to church, I can almost guarantee that they think the reason you go to church is this. One, to make God happy with you. Two, to find out how you can be a better person. Three, to hear some sort of uplifting message that helps you get through the week. And four, to increase your chances of going to heaven someday. And I can almost guarantee that the reason they don't go to church is not because they hate Jesus. It's because they've convinced themselves that they can find those things somewhere else. And guess what? They're right. I can almost guarantee you that they would be shocked to hear that the reason you go to church is because you know you are a helpless sinner who can't possibly make God happy with you and therefore needs to hear of the unconditional love and complete forgiveness that you have in Jesus. Now, will those people instantly embrace those ideas? I don't know that. But what I do know is that they'll be able to tell the difference. Amid all of the other ideas that are out there in the world, the gospel is the one idea that is distinctively different. And so in contrast to any other idea or opinion that you want to express to other people, when it comes to sharing the gospel in our world, there is simply no need to ever shout. So let me ask, does that make you completely comfortable, completely confident to walk out that door today and start sharing it? You know, one of the other reasons people sometimes shout is when they are trying to compensate for what they perceive to be maybe a weakness or an inadequacy. If I'm not completely confident in what I'm saying, then then I'm just going to say it a little bit louder. Again, the Apostle Paul teaches us otherwise. You see, the founding of the church in Colossae was sort of this this happy story, but lately things had taken a turn for the worse. There were false teachers introducing false ideas to these Christians and leading them away from the true Christian faith. In fact, Paul had just heard news about this prior to writing this letter. How do you think a man like Paul would respond to that unsettling development? Would he hop right in his car, drive on over and really give him a piece of his mind? Would he pick up the phone and really lay into them, really let them have it? Would he write an angry, scathing email and then click send 
before even thinking twice? Well, no. But it's not just because none of those things was possible for Paul. It's because when he heard about this news of what was going on in Colossae, he was actually in prison. He had no ability to go to that church and deal with this situation in person. His hands were literally tied. And yet Paul had absolutely no problem with that whatsoever. And the reason is one more important detail about the church in Colossae that made it unique. You see, unlike most of the other churches that we hear about in the New Testament, the church in Colossae was not started by the Apostle Paul. In fact, from this letter we learn that Paul had never even visited this church before. He had never been there and met these people face to face. And so he had absolutely no problem with the fact that he would not be able to deal with this situation himself in person. In fact, as we read this letter, we don't get the impression that here's a man who's overly worried or concerned about what's going on. He doesn't fly off the handle. He doesn't have that caps lock button pressed the entire time so that everyone knows just how angry he is and maybe they pay attention. He doesn't launch into a smear campaign against these false teachers. In fact, he doesn't even name them by name. He is fully confident that if he simply lays out the truth about Jesus Christ, these Colossians will be able to tell the difference. After all, the starting of the church in Colossae didn't depend on Paul. And the saving of the church in Colossae didn't depend on Paul. Paul knew that the power of the gospel didn't depend on him. And so again, he had absolutely no need to shout. Now friends, if the power of the gospel didn't depend on Paul, I think you and I can rest assured that it doesn't depend on us. It doesn't depend on you. It doesn't depend on me. In fact, would you believe me if I told you that sometimes I think that being a pastor actually makes it a little bit more difficult to share the gospel with people. Here's what I mean. When people know you're a pastor, when they find out that's what you do, they kind of treat you a little bit differently. They sort of give you this look like maybe you're not from this planet, maybe you're a little bit weird or different. In fact, at least once a week, I try and act a little bit more like a normal person and I go down to Shulins here in town. I go to the, the local coffee place and I sit there and I do my work there instead. And believe it or not, when I go down to Shulins, I, I don't wear this robe. I don't wear a suit and a tie. I, I kind of just wear blue jeans and a polo shirt. I, again, I try and be normal. But again, it's a small town and people still know. And when they know, you, you kind of get this look. People are a little bit more guarded. They don't necessarily express exactly what's on your mind, what's on their mind. And, and when I do, maybe it's a little bit more difficult for them to really take those words to heart. They know, after all, that that's exactly what I'm supposed to say because I'm a pastor. Maybe think of it this way. If you were going to check out a new restaurant, where would you go to find out about that restaurant? Would you go to their website? Sure. But probably just to find out when they're open and what's on the menu. If you really want to know what people think about the restaurant, you're going to go to Yelp, right? You're going to go find where real customers have real opinions about, about what that restaurant is like. So when it comes to this whole church thing, I'm, I'm kind of like the official company website. People know where I stand. I'm in favor of church. But you guys, you're like the satisfied customers. 
when people are around you, when you have opportunity to talk with people, they will articulate exactly what is on their mind, and they will also let you articulate the truth of the gospel. And you can rest assured that the power of that gospel does not depend on you or me or even the Apostle Paul. And so again, there's absolutely no need to ever shout. You know, it shouldn't surprise us one bit that the God who does everything, the exact opposite of the way we would think, would also do this opposite from the way we would think. I mean, after all, this is the God who brings us life through death. This is the God who brings us victory through defeat. This is the God who brings us to glory through suffering. And so it shouldn't surprise us one bit that as he seeks to get his gospel out into the world, he doesn't use a forceful, emotion-filled shout. Instead, he uses a quiet, confident whisper. And if you're ever tempted to think that the truth is going to be drowned out by, by all kinds of other ideas or that your voice can't make a difference, don't be discouraged because it's exactly then that God will find a way to pierce the noise and let his voice be heard. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.